Yes, yes, and is not. That's why, I mean, it initially, and again, it took me a day or two to, to think I'll look on the side of the engine. Um, there's there's no evidence of oil leak. We're, what you can see, you pull the, 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 the beauty cover off, I call it, um, but this is 3.6, and, and you just don't see anything. You look around the back of the engine, you're not seeing anything. I mean, and it's, it's typically, it's my understanding, will crack in the back. Uh, of it and just go down <laughs> Convenient. The, you know, the spine the spine of the engine and down the sides um some people you know may freak out and think it's a rear main or something but if you look at the, it's it's coming coming down much higher than than a rear main would be this jeep talk show flagship episode is brought to you by realtruck.com with over 1 million plus parts and accessories for your jeep truck and life <laughs> i love the life part realtruck.com is home to brands like rugged ridge go rhino havoc off-road infab uh, omix alloy usa and more check them all out at realtruck.com Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we put the fun in off-road fun. This is the only show where you can hear Jeep owners talk about things like mud, rocks, giant tires, and not get weird looks. So strap in, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you'll have the sudden urge to go buy a Jeep, hit the trails, eat some chorizo, so don't say we didn't warn you. On tonight's episode and our news stories... Goodbye to the smallest Jeep. No, it's not the Mahindra. Did you think it was the Mahindra, uh, Chris? No, no, I had a pretty good idea what it was. <laughs> In our Gladiator update, Craftsman Lifetime Warranty. Buzz, wrong. It's a massive fail. And in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, the DeWalt 899 half-inch impact wrench. Yes, there's a connection between those two stories. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Hey, and I'm Chris, just sitting in the co-host Jeeper chair tonight, and uh, Tony asked me back because uh, apparently I still have a great face for radio. No, but everybody else said no, Chris. Um, I'm sorry uh, to tell you. <laughs> Okay, well, I keep telling myself that. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's uh, there's no embarrassment about being uh, picked last for dodgeball. You know, at least you get to play, right? Exactly. You're on the field, (laughs) on the court. I'm just kidding. I'm blessed to have uh, several people willing to be uh, co-host and get abused here on the show, which is is a requirement and actually is in the contract that you have to sign. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, goodbye. Say goodbye to the smallest jeep. What do you think, Chris? Is this a good thing? Uh, I I do, based on my limited limited experience with the smallest Jeep. I, I'm not sad to see it go. Um, unfortunately, I always kind of f- found it insulting as a Jeeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, probably I, the I, bad I, way of looking at it. But, but quite candidly, I, I didn't. I don't didn't hate the look or don't. I guess no. it's still around. It would be. I don't hate the look of it. But uh, I had a, a limited experience of about four point four miles, two point two. Uh, from the dealer to the office and back, and I uh, just it wasn't a comfortable vehicle. But I'm a pretty pretty tall guy, about six four, six three, six four, depending on which uh, convenience store I'm running running out of at the time. <laughs> um, so I just it was uncomfortable for for I think a, a larger than average person uh, mm-hmm. um, driving around. 
So the Jeep Renegade will be discontinued after the 2023 model year production concludes, according to a report from Automotive News. Uh, this elimination of the Renegade moves the Compass into an entry-level position in Jeep's lineup. While the Renegade is smaller than the Compass, uh, their starting prices are nearly identical for 2023, with a Renegade starting at 29445 and the Compass at 29995 there is no increase in the base price for the 2024 Compass, so that means that Jeep will te- still technically offer vehicles that start under $30,000. My God, that's an awful lot. Of, I mean, would you? I mean, I haven't purchased anything new other than the Gladiator, uh, and before that, I went 23 years in, in a Cherokee. But $29,000 for uh, this uh, uh, renegade piece of shit seems a little, a little high to me. I mean, I'm thinking like fifteen thousand, and with the uh, a good set of Kia brakes on it. Yeah, that's a lot. But I mean, a lot's changed in a few that's years. True. I remember when I got my 2014 JK. Uh, I was 32 out the door in a sport, and doing my research, the median the median price was was under 29 at the time. So of of all cars, so it's just shows you how the market's changed in, in just a few short years mm-hmm. it's not a bad looking vehicle i mean no. it's neat uh i mean it, i think the biggest problem i had with it was is that i don't consider it a jeep this isn't no. this isn't a jeep uh and i'm afraid that people aren't i'm afraid i've always been afraid and this is really it's my own problem dealing with this my my issue has always been for people that don't know jeeps and they see this, and they see the price, and they see the seven-slot grill. It's like, okay, uh, let's uh, let's get a Jeep. I'd like to have a Jeep. I've always wanted a Jeep. And then they get it, and then once they get it, they find out that it doesn't have the huge aftermarket support. It's not really an off-road vehicle, no matter how many times you see the the people using them off-road. It's really not an off-road vehicle. And if it does off-road, it's it's a, a minor off-road vehicle, nothing that you can modify uh, realistically anyway. To, to be a uh, to compete with just a stock Wrangler or Gladiator, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of these things, Chris. No, I completely agree. It's it's a barely, I, th- I think a Subaru without wheel Renegade, unfortunately, that's, and, yeah. and that's not saying a lot. Yeah, uh, well, Subaru Subarus are known very uh, very well for being off road capable. So mm-hmm. uh, sadly, with uh, the way they look, but you know, uh, performance is always better than uh, than looks. Yeah, that's what she said. Unless you're, unless you're a supermodel. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I have never been interested in purchasing one of these. I can't see that I would ever purchase one. Uh, and maybe that has to do with me uh, being glad they're no longer going to make it, at least in the United States. It's still going to be available uh, in, uh, what was it? It's not going to be available in the U.S. and Canada so Europe, Mexico, South America, and Asia, you'll still be able to buy Renegades for the foreseeable future. But that kind of makes sense. I mean, especially if you're talking about uh, European, European-sized streets, because the smaller vehicles definitely fit better uh, in the, the older, uh, small uh, thoroughfares in these other countries. Oh, yeah. I mean, this. The, believe it or not, the Renegade may be considered a, a, a large vehicle in some countries and some markets. It's hard to believe as that is. Yeah, those ones that uh, you see the 50,000 bicycles on the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, get get your exercise and get from point A to point B. Uh, I, you got to think that uh, uh, deodorant sales are higher in those countries, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you get sweaty on a bicycle. I guess you yeah, get absolutely. used to it. 
Um, so, so I mean, this is uh, famously, uh, this is really just a, a slightly redesigned uh, Fiat 500. So, um, yeah, and that's kind of the other problem I have with it. And it kind of makes sense that uh, the Fiat 500 would be more popular in uh, non-gas-guzzling uh, co- countries like the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I do recall uh, some of the downfall of the Renegade is it, it is, uh, you know, once you get inside of it, it's, it is pretty much a Fiat 500. I remember some news, uh, maybe even reported on the show, it was cannibalizing sales of the Renegade because people saw the price of the Jeep. And while it, it's, it says Jeep on it, it was still a little bit more at the time than the 500. And people just went with the 500 because it, you know, maybe they thought it was cooler. So I hate to say it was kind of DOA to a degree, dead on arrival. Um, and I recall the, the, the article you mentioned, Automotive News, I think 2014, it was a peak sales of 100,000 of them, which wow, uh, still blows my much. mind. And last year was 22,000. So, uh, so yeah, not, not too many fans out there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's been the, the problem in the U.S. and Canada is the sales. Nobody's buying mm-hmm. it. Uh, and, uh, I mean, uh, this is, this is 29,000, and I, I haven't really priced a Wrangler, but a base model Wrangler four-wheel drive, I think, is around $35,000. That sounds right. That so, sounds there's, right. so there's not a big gap between this and a real Jeep. Sorry, Renegade owners, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to call it the way I see it. So anyway, uh, also note that Jeep isn't quitting the Renegade globally, as the U.S. and Canada are the only two countries that will see its sales stop. Not drop, stop. They've already dropped. Europe, Mexico, and South America and Asia will still be able to buy new Renegades for the foreseeable future, but as far as we're concerned, the Renegade joins the ranks of many other models meeting their demise in 2023. I think we should only be concerned if uh, two things. If uh, they say something about stopping uh, building the Wrangler, uh, or they try to switch the Wrangler from uh, solid front axle to IFS, agree. Uh, and I could see. I mean, there was a there was talk about that uh, back whenever Congress was talking about getting involved in uh, looking into death wobble. Uh, why mm-hmm. you know that, that that this shouldn't be something that people should have to deal with. And, uh, of course, IFS is the, the, the solution for death wobble, but it's also a solution for, uh, you know, death of your, <laughs> your ability to enjoy your life. Uh, and, and also, too, I could see with uh, the, the, the popularity of the new Bronco, the new Ford Bronco, which is IFS, and, and we can, we can, you, can, you know it's IFS because the way it likes to have independent front-wheel steering. Uh, things break uh, easily on IFS. Uh, I mean, you can design IFS so it is more robust, but it costs a lot more money to do it, uh, do that to IFS than it does for a solid front axle. Uh, solid front axles are, are easy and cheap, and uh, they do a very good job off-road, just not go fast off-road. And uh, But, you know, the wheels generally stay pointing in the right direction. You can still, they can still become independent, but it's not like it is for the, uh, the IFS vehicles. Not at all. So uh, anyway, the, uh, the, the Renegade is uh, going away, and uh, you'll still see them. You'll still see them out there. Uh, I, and I suspect, it, do, do circuses still exist, uh, Chris? Do they still have circuses? Uh, like bring them back? I, I haven't been to one in a while. My kids are, my kids are growing now, but uh, yeah, it'd be a good clown car for sure. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. In, in 20 years, you may see one of these things with flowers painted and stuff on it, and 57 uh, uh, screaming assholes jump out of the, of the Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Shriners, the 
I don't know if you have them, the Shriners and the Parades are the guys that drive the little motorcycles. Oh, yeah, that, I can the, see the that. Hats. Get a yeah. Sawzall cut off the top and then uh, get some Fez hats, you know. <laughs> you're, you're right right in the right spot. All right, so, Chris, this is going to be something near and dear to your heart, or probably a lot lower and smellier. <laughs> the Chrysler problem with the Pitchestar V6 oil filter housing and cooler. This isn't a new issue, but it's a new issue for you. Uh, second time new issue. So oh, no! Mine, yeah, mine uh, let, uh, let the ghost out, as they say. Uh, right around 90,000 miles replaced under powertrain warranty. I recall, maybe I was told, or maybe it's on the repair order, that it was the upgraded one. And I just hit exactly 170,000 miles this morning. And, uh, yep, mine is puked again. So, so, uh, yeah, so you sent me a message and said that it puked. How did, how does this how does this manifest itself? I mean, do you get error messages or do you uh, you smell oil? Or does oil go everywhere? I mean, what what is the, how do you know you have a problem? Yeah, I smell oil. I, I, I've never had an error message. I, I don't know that it would. Uh, I think the, the worst, and it hadn't happened to me, but um, the, the leak will cause the low oil light to come on when you get, you know, to, to that point. But uh, just with the, the colder temperatures, running the heat, running the defrost and the windshield, started to smell what I thought was oil. Um, you know, look, check the, check the levels. Okay. Looked under the hood. It didn't dawn on me until the next day, uh, to look on the size of the engine. So it's pretty prevalent. Uh, I did uh, a couple days later, check the, l- the level oil level was noticeably down, um, on the dipstick. So topped it off and you can see it very clearly on the sides of the, the engine and the, and the uh, transmission, um, on both sides. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just, it's, there's no doubt what it is from the top down and, and again that faint oil smell is, mm-hmm. is the, the dead giveaway so tell everybody what this thing is that, that, that people don't know because i i don't have this on the, on the 4.0 uh, xj engine the tj uh, i'm sure i have it on the gladiator so th- but this is all new to me and i'm sure it's new to, to several people out there mm-hmm. it's uh, well it's the uh it affects all pentastars so three two and three six um and it is the um if you change your oil or, or seeing where they change the oil, you have the cartridge filter right on the front of the engine. Yeah, you see the top you, of this yes, where, where the oil, yes. the oil cartridge uh, it goes in. And what you don't see until you take it apart or you have the new part, uh, and you can see a picture in the show notes, um, what you don't see is the cooler, which is an aluminum uh, heat sink or cooler. It looks like a heat, heat sink to me, mm-hmm. uh, which is down in, in below the lower plenum. So um, once you take the upper plenum, the lower plenum out, you can see it right down there in the V where where the crankshaft used to be or the camshaft uh used to be back in the day but obviously right. the three six is the overhead cam and uh, you've got a plastic housing which is uh just which just seems like a good idea from the start yeah exactly <laughs> exactly no, no problem it's it's on uh, a hot engine and it's plastic <laughs> yeah hot hot you know hot engine and the hot parts all around it but uh what it what happens is it warps and cracks over time and uh, we'll, we'll leak. And, and again, like I said, it's not going to necessarily leak on the ground. Uh, if it's leaking on the ground, it's really bad. Um, but you're going to get leaks down the sides of the engine, uh, excessive, um, not excessive, but oil consumption or the oil's running out of the engine right. um, and oil smell. Um, so that's that's really the, the giveaway from the, from the top down. And um, not too big of a job but uh, you do have to take the upper and lower plenums off so a couple hour job now, now sure. you're saying plenums i actually after you sent me this message i was curious about it before i'd heard about this before so i went on to uh, youtube to see if i could find a video where somebody was replacing it and to me that thing they took off on the top was the intake is that not yes. an intake yes i'm not and, familiar yeah, with plenum 
Intake, yeah, it is the intake. It's okay. just the fans. I guess plenum is is the fancy word. So you have the upper. Is that the intake. new word? So that's that's kind of like so. that's kind of like spatula for me. I didn't know what spatula meant for a long time. <laughs> I used them. I just didn't know that was the word for it. So, uh, so what you call when, it before? Uh, that thing you used to you know flip the bacon flip and the eggs. That yeah. flat thing, I, it just wasn't called, you know? It wasn't until a Boy Scout outing that uh, somebody said, give me that spatula. Spatula? What the hell is that? Is that even a real word? It just sounds weird. Is that thing? I said, oh, that's what it's called. So uh, the, uh, the so the so what's the upper and lower plentum? plentum? Just the, the intake, upper, lower intake. So it's so a two-piece. Two piece. Yes, yes. And yes. and they and they didn't learn their lesson. They made the intake plastic as well. <laughs> yes, but uh, that uh, the intake doesn't scare me as much as uh, like you said this, which is bolted to the block of the engine, which sees the hottest you know the uh-huh. hottest fluid in the engine, the oil. Uh, and I think there is a, a coolant uh, a coolant there too, a little coolant bypass, hence oil cooler. Uh, so uh, so yeah, that's that's you know you you take basically the top of the engine out. You got to unplug all your injectors, unplug the fuel line and uh, take off the upper, call them what they are, the upper and lower intake manifolds, mm-hmm. and then uh, that get that out of there. Uh, and then you got to suck up all the oil out of there too, yes. right? Yep. And, yep. and the coolant. Shop back. Uh, that, the, what I watch on the YouTube is not a lot of coolant, but uh, you get a little dribble out well, of Well, you get so all kinds of crap in there. I mean, I guess if oh, you yeah. got a nice big roll of paper towels, you can get it all out. The one mm-hmm. I saw, somebody was actually using like a makeshift va- vacuum uh, that yes. uh, was uh, good for oil and, and coolant and stuff. But uh, it doesn't uh, – now, you've never done this before. Are you going to replace this one yourself? Yes. Yeah, I, I, mine was done under warranty. Uh, I have done the spark plugs and uh, the valve cover gaskets and everything. So I've been as far as the, the lower plenum. I just didn't take those screws out to, to take that out. Uh, so this, this actually, I think, is going to be a little less involved than the, uh, the spark plugs uh, are on the uh, 3.6, at least in the JK. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pull the coolant lines over the valve covers and, and that. So, yeah, it's a pretty straightforward job. You just just give yourself a couple hours. Um, and, uh, that was going to be my next question, how long you thought uh, thought it would take. Um, so uh, the you had posted up on our Discord server uh, about a uh, an oil cooler, a replacement oil cooler, and it seems to me that all the new ones, all the aftermarket ones, are now completely made of metal, aluminum, I believe. Um, most, not all. I was doing my research, and uh, I think the one I posted on Discord was the Mishimoto. Uh, there's also a Dorman, and uh, the feedback I've seen so far on Discord as well as the Facebook page uh, is Dorman. It's an all-aluminum Dorman um, adapter for that. Uh, so uh, there are plastic ones. I mean, the, the Dorman piece is about $300, uh, as well as the Mishimoto is two, you know, let's just call it 300 with tax and shipping. Um, I've seen ones on there for 50 bucks, which scares the bejesus out of me, um, that you would go through that work just to put a $50 or $75 part in there. So, uh, for folks looking out there, I would lean towards the Dorman or the Mishimoto. Uh, like you said, all metal, all aluminum, mm-hmm. uh, you got a better shot at that lasts a, a lot longer. And, um, I, I've talked to Jeepers and seen, I've seen folks posts online posts, um, that they've gone through two, three, four of them. And in less than a hundred thousand miles, and weren't as upset because it, you know typically it's under a powertrain warranty. But uh, um, yeah, go with go with the all aluminum or all all metal um, replacement, um, and, and um, you know that's that's the way to go. That's the way I'd recommend going. So, uh, do you know what the difference between the fifty dollar one and the three hundred dollar one is? Uh, do you get more parts? Are there uh, sensors included? Uh, the 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 actual heat sink itself? 
uh, the, the the video I watched, he was moving all that stuff over from the broken one to the new one. So he had to unbolt the heat sink and move it over to the new one. And uh, it didn't have the sensors with it. Uh, but personally, uh, and I would recommend to our audience, uh, if you if it's Jeep sensors that are on the one you're taking off, I would not reuse. I mean, I'm not reuse. I would not use sensors that came with your replacement uh, unless they are also OEM sensors. I, I've learned the hard way. Never use anything but OEM sensors. No, agreed, agreed. And you're right. Uh, that some of those were for seventy dollars, where you're switching it over. Um, you just get the, the the plastic part at the bottom. And again, you can see in the show notes at JeepTalkShow.com. Uh, the plastic part is is what cracks. So uh, the 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 uh, doorman comes with the uh, new uh, the heatsink attached and everything. Then um, they do recommend a uh, sensor uh, and then carry over. There's a oil sensor and then a coolant temp sensor uh, to carry those over. So yeah, it's it's I, and I would rather get it attached in, in all one unit uh, than than having to you know cobble. Well, it you never know but, where the where the the leak or something was misaligned or something like that. Now all that uh, you got to take all that plenum stuff out of the way again. Uh, and there's lines and stuff you have to disconnect on top of the engine to be able to take the intake off, I believe. So yes. yeah, why why go to all that uh, all that trouble? Yeah, I, th- I don't know if you saw it or not. I think I posted one up that was seventy bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. That uh, was an aluminum one, and I was thinking to myself, what's what's the difference between this three hundred dollar one and this other one? Um, so uh, now the, the your crack is not the neck where the uh, or the or the container that holds the the, the oil filter, right? Because no, I have not, heard about that breaking. Yes, yes, and is not. That's why, I mean, it initially, and again, it took me a day or two to, to think I'll look on the side of the engine. Um, there's there's no evidence of oil leak. What, what you can see, you pull the, 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 the beauty cover off, I call it. Um, this is 3.6, and, and you just don't see anything. You look around the back of the engine, you're not seeing anything. I mean, and it's it's typically, it's my understanding, will crack in the back uh, of it and just go down <laughs> Convenient. The, you know, the, spine, <laughs> the spine of the engine and down the sides. Um, some people, you know, may freak out and think it's a rear main or something, but if you look at the, it's, it's coming, coming down much higher than, than a rear main would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I've read is that you can, if it gets severe, uh, lose oil. You, I've, I've read folks, all oh, my low oil light came on. I think I saw somebody thought they were driving around with a year for a year, kept adding oil to it, thinking maybe it was burning oil. Uh, so yeah, it's, that's my project for the weekend is to get that thing replaced and, uh, well, you just answered my next question. I was going to ask you, can you still drive it? And if somebody's driving it around for a year, just adding oil, that's, that's kind of like having a, a 4.0 liter <laughs> engine with a leak. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> changes, changes its own oil as you drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know and, and, and probably get flamed for it. Um, I, it's the, the only vehicle I have currently uh, to drive. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm driving it and just keeping an eye on it. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's that's important. I mean, but that's important because a lot of people they don't have a plethora of uh, vehicles to choose from. I mean, uh, uh, we're not uh, Jay Leno, uh, mm-hmm. so it's important to know that. Uh, depending on how bad the leak is, of course, uh, but a, a crack you should still be able to uh, to drive it. But uh, you know, do whatever your uh, your mechanic suggests, which I'm sure they'll suggest bring it in immediately and uh, get the solid gold one uh, to replace it with. Um, exactly. So it'll be interesting. We'll have to uh, find out uh, here in the future how the the replacement went, and uh, you know maybe maybe take some pictures. I mean, if you can see the crack, and it would be interesting to know where it cracked. But you're definitely not going back with a plastic one. No, no, I am not. I am not. I wouldn't recommend anybody listening to go with a plastic one. I mean, I, I get it. 
you know, three hundred dollars is a lot more than the seventy dollar one, or even I saw some for one hundred and twenty, one hundred and fifty. Um, but it, it's it's worth it, and even if you're not doing it yourself, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't try to skimp on skimp on that. And uh, the Mish, the Mishimoto has a lifetime warranty uh, that I read. I'm not sure on the Dorman, but again, Dorman, um, which quite honestly, I haven't thought of Dorman as having the highest quality of products, but um, a lot more than I read, people are just like go go with the Dorman and um, just uh, the felt pro gaskets what i learned uh, by looking online and amazon get get the felt pro gasket kit don't use the gaskets that come with the dormant that's a good idea i'm kind of counterintuitive but not nonetheless another 20 some dollars for those but uh, the whole the whole kit caboodle is just under 300 dollars uh, from from amazon mm-hmm. uh, um, now i haven't done a lot of engine rebuilds but anytime i did an engine rebuild i made sure i went felt with felt pro uh felt pro mm-hmm. is just a safe way to go absolutely Yep, yep. Well, I'm sorry you're having uh, having problems, but it is a Jeep, and uh, this is what uh, what happens when you're one of the cool kids. Uh, but, you know, 170,000 miles, that's a lot of miles. Uh, and you're still on the same clutch and yeah. disc and pressure plate, Back apparently back when they knew Jeep knew how to put uh, proper clutches in, uh, in Jeeps. <laughs> yes, yeah, before, before that's that's one of the, the few things, and, and again, I, I can't afford a JL or a JT. Um, is number one, but uh, one of the uh, a few things that JK I believe has over the the JL and the JT is is the clutch at least. Um, it's, it's a little more little more robust, but uh, but again, I've been very fortunate uh, with with my JK 170,000. I mean, you know, thermostat here, um, you know, belt there. Been real fortunate. I've gone all over the country for work and jeeping, and uh, hasn't left me on the side of the road. Now I just jinx. Binks myself with the ride into work in the morning, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's it's been a great engine, and uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a piss off factor, and, and people say why would they design it? But I mean, they made millions upon millions of the Pentastar V6. I mean, it's not only in the JK, uh, it's in the Ram, it's in the, the the Chrysler 300, the Charger, the Challenger. So there's there's millions of these engines out there. Overall, it's it's a great engine, and oh yeah, no, there's a there's a few things. Oh, and uh, I wanted to ask real quick, and I'm I'm sure I know the answer to this already, but uh, the Baxter Performance uh, oil uh, cartridge, or I guess oil filter adapter that they sell, wouldn't have done anything for this. The the crack is still got the the, the piece that it's uh, being screwed into is is still going to crack for you. It's not it, that upgrade of the Baxter Performance uh, uh, add-on part would have not helped you in this situation. No, it would not. It would not. And really, the crack again. You're right. Some people you do see cracks in the the neck or where the the filter goes in, and but that may or may not be attributed to over tightening um, the the filter uh, cover when you put it in. Uh, but the crack that that the issue I'm having, and I, I believe you know most of it is is in the rear where you just can't get to it. It's just like you said. It's a dissimilar material, plastic on top of metal in a hot environment. Um, so it's just it's just bound to happen. And for me. Uh, two and a hundred one at about ninety thousand, and then a, you know about eighty thousand miles later at seventy hundred seventy thousand. It's just that's a lot is. of miles. That is a lot of miles, and you're able to continue driving it. So this isn't a, a dead jeep in the the driveway or at work or something or being hauled home. So that's that's good. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, if you're ready for the great outdoors, make sure your Jeep and truck are too. Ready to haul, ready to tow, and ready to take along everything you need for a day on the water or a daybreak in the woods, because no matter what kind of game you're chasing, we say bring it to the honey hole, to the hunt, to whatever you love to do, and and whatever outdoors brings your way, because you can't bring home a trophy unless you bring a truck or a Jeep off-road vehicle that's got your back. Real truck. Bring your truck to life. 
Real Truck recently sponsored the Ultimate Adventure 2023, the week-long hardcore off-road trip created by former Pearson's four-wheel drive and off-road magazine editor, Cole Quinnell, as a four-wheel drive off-road alternative to Hot Rod Magazine's Power Tour. Read all about this year's Ultimate Adventure through Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Kentucky on Real Source, written by Vern Simmons. Just find the link in uh, episode 940 show notes. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? All right. So, uh, and Chris, I bet you can identify with some of this story. It's, it's probably happened to you before, if not with this specific manufacturer, another one. So I recently purchased a motorbuilt uh, skid system for the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. And if you missed it, we spoke with Bender from Motobuilt uh, on a recent uh, episode last week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you can go back, look at the show notes and, uh, and find that. But it was, uh, it was a really good uh, short uh, interview specifically about the, uh, the skid system for Motobuilt. Um, and uh, the one of the things I want, not need, is a half-inch impact gun to take off and install the skids take off the 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 factory damn it i'm forgetting what's the the not the crankshaft the uh uh what's the thing that the transfer case uh the, the transfer case skid and then take that stuff off and it's the, you know you see it if you watch the youtube videos that's what everybody is using a half inch impact gun and you know the cool thing is is that i have one i've had an, a half inch pneumatic a half inch impact uh, gun from craftsman for a number of years. I'm going to say uh, 13 years, but I bet you it's closer to 15 or 17 years. And now, I, I don't use it daily, uh, but uh, I spent a little extra money uh, getting this because I had purchased one before that was much less expensive, wasn't a craftsman, and uh, had problems with it. So I went for the, the more expensive craftsman unit. Uh, I, I don't think it was the top of the line, but it was a much much nicer unit and had a little more uh, oomph to it than the, the other one. So uh, I would always use that anytime I was dealing with anything, uh, any large uh, bolts and stuff. And with all the changes I've made uh, to the uh, the XJ and uh, even working on the TJs and stuff, a uh, half-inch uh, impact comes in very handy. But, of course, I have always wanted a electric impact because... You know, you don't have to plug in the the air compressor. You don't have to snake that line out to the uh, uh, to the to the gun, and uh, it it always gets caught under something. You know, you're dragging that thing to to get it to the to wherever you need to use it, and the the hose is just a, an issue. So it's a convenience thing. But I didn't want to spend any money on on getting this just because I it would make it easier to work on. Uh, putting the skid system on it but it's not just for the skid system i, I do use the the half inch quite a bit so um i thought well the the problem with the craftsman half inch uh gun or, or wrench uh was you you hook up the 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 air supply to it it turns on there's no turning it off the only huh. way to, the only way to turn it off is to disconnect the air hose which makes it you know even more complex to use and uh, I really didn't pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, I just uh, used a uh, half-inch uh, um, uh, socket set and uh, used that. And it's just, it just the work just doesn't go as fast. So uh, I, I, had, I had to use it here recently, and I got to looking at it, and the trigger is broken. So when you, when you pull the trigger, it doesn't do anything. It's, it's like whatever mechanism is back there is no longer working properly. 
And I thought, well, you know, uh, YouTube, there's always all these YouTube certified mechanics and they'll tell you how to fix things. So I went in there and started looking at it and I saw this guy tearing it apart and I went, holy crap, this is like a pain in the ass. And uh, you know what? This is a craftsman. I bet you I can get, uh, you know, use that lifetime warranty for any craftsman tool to just get it replaced. And how cool is that to actually have a tool that is so old and has been used quite a bit and just oh the switch broke i mean it's obviously a failure of the design of the of the of the device but in craftsman that wasn't a qualification i mean if you used a three agent socket set to put together a, a 289 uh, uh engine which i did when i was 16 I, and I, it was my dad's craftsman uh socket or uh the uh ratchet and i broke it because i was putting too much oomph into the <laughs> tightening down the rods and stuff i know dumbass thing to do 16 i didn't know nothing about no rebuilding engines but uh, I, I literally destroyed a three inch uh three eighths inch uh, ratchet system i drove to uh, uh to sears walked in handed it to him and it was all wobbly all inside you know the mechanism inside was all wobbly and stuff yeah. <laughs> and they handed me another one and i went home and replaced it or put it back in my my dad's tools uh and we won't even talk about how he got pissed off about them being dirty and never put back in the right spot and <laughs> just scattered <laughs> so uh but anyway uh i thought well i'll just try this but you know where are you going to find a sears these days because all the sears sears stores have have closed as far as i know there might be one close to you guys but not not here so they, they all went away yeah, I think so too. So I went online uh, and went to the the craftsman. I did a search for craftsman's warranty and went to the site and s- filled out a form and all this crap, only to get a message back saying, "Oh, yeah, we don't we don't deal with with those tools. You have to contact these people." <laughs> it's the who, who, are, who are these people? I don't know. It was also <laughs> craftsman, but apparently that they, they did some sort of split up something between the two. I mean, it is old, so maybe that's what it had to do. So I went to that other site uh, and got on there and started doing a chat and provide them the, the, provided them the model number, the serial number, uh, uh, and I, I gave them an idea. Like I think it was like 2010. It probably was uh, earlier than that uh, when I bought it. And uh, then, then they ask the question that everybody hates being asked. And I'll remind everybody, at least my memory is, is that they didn't, you don't have to have a receipt to have the tool replaced. Right. They asked me, do you have a receipt? Well, I'm kidding. And I said, uh, no. It was at 2010 at least, and there's no telling where a receipt would be. And they said, oh, sorry, uh, it's, it's limited warranty. So why did you ask about the receipt? If, it, if this, this uh, item that clearly says craftsman on it, why would you ask if I need a receipt if it only had a limited warranty to start with? And and exactly. when and when did they start doing limited warranty on craftsman tools? When Sears went away, evidently, I'm guessing. But Sears was in was in force when I bought this tool. I bought it at Sears. Right. So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so basically, the response was no. Well, sorry, it's a limited warranty. So, f- you. 
<laughs> now that last part maybe what i interpreted and heard in my head and not exactly what the agent uh, i was chatting with online said but it's the same thing it's the same that, thing that wasn't in the chat script that script <laughs> well, that would, to you after if that was the case it'd be in the show notes right now chris <laughs> So, again, I understand that Sears went mostly belly up, and I remember the outstanding warranty craftsmen advertised very heavily. You'd see it on the TV all the time and in the stores. Their slogan, our tools may suck, but if you break it, you can get another one. <laughs> Sold me on the brand. <laughs> I really have never had any problems with craftsmen tools. Uh, I mean, uh, in the in the many years that I've used them, uh, I've had two potential replacements, and, and, and I think they're like 50 years apart. <laughs> Right, so, right. so uh, they seem to be uh, good tools. And, of course, that's not their slogan. That's just me being facetious. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so screw me. Uh, the, uh, the the half-inch uh, uh, impact that I have is uh, is toast. I guess I could still fix it. But why? Why should I? And also, too, why should I buy any more Craftsman tools when there are so many other brands out there now? And I think I'll just forget about buying Craftsman tools and get one from those other companies. And I think many of them are more highly rated in their tools. So uh, to, to that end, I have decided to get one of those newfangled battery-powered uh, powered uh, impact tools, this time from DeWalt. Do you, have any, do you have a specific brand, electric brand tool that you use? Uh, no, Chip. Uh, Chris? Uh, recently I've gone with Harbor Freight and their, uh, their best, you know, they have their good, better, best, uh, and it's Hercules is their electric, uh, um, um, electric tools or, or cordless tools. So I've got their hammer drill, their three eighths hammer drill, and then their brushless, uh, uh, reciprocating saw all 20 volt, uh, lithium ion. Those is a great, great brand in my experience in the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. that, that's what I've used. But previous to that, I did use craftsman and then had a, a similar experience, but more in person. I might have got an FU from Lowe's. Lowe's, at least in my neighborhood, they promote Craftsman heavily in the store. And I went back with a Craftsman tool a few years ago to Lowe's. And uh, they, I believe they asked for a receipt and then said, well, you have to contact, uh, maybe it was the same Craftsman, um, no-face entity that you interacted with. And, and I had the same the same feelings. Like, I'll never buy another Craftsman tool. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, because you, you can't go back in and, and have that experience like, like you mentioned having back in the day. So, but uh, yeah, my... My, at least right now, Harbor Freight, uh, the Hercules, and they've got Bauer and, and other brands, but their Hercules is their best brand. And um, it was uh, was neat. Uh, Larry, uh, Larry Jeep and Mo and I had a good interaction at SEMA uh, 2023 just a few weeks ago with the folks from uh, from uh, Harbor Freight. And they had all their, their cordless and corded tools were Hercules, and their uh, looks great. I mean, good hand feel, uh, very professional feel, much like the DeWalt. Um, and, and what I found with a, certainly a cordless tool is a hand feel. Um, you know, I'm not holding it for hours upon hours in a day like someone that, that's working with those tools in a trade would, might be. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my, my go-to right now is uh, So the, as far as you know, did the Harbor Freights use all the same batteries for all their, their battery uh, products? They uh, do. Battery they power do, products? It, yes, they do. And uh, their, their batteries, uh, they're 20. So I have the 20 volt. I've been looking at their 3.8, 12-volt. Uh, um, cordless uh, ratchet. Uh, I'm gonna probably pick one of those up for my upcoming uh, um, oil cooler replacement. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have their 12 volt. And the neat thing about their 12 volt and their 20 volt, at least, you can use the same charger. So I got 20 volt batteries, 
Um, but I, I can get the 12 volt tools and I won't need a different charger, which yeah, is, that's which good. is really nice. <clears throat> I have a theory that they kind of rope you in, uh, on these brands. Cause if you buy something from DeWalt and, and they all use that same battery pack, you know, if you have a, an impact, maybe you have a half inch and a three eighths and a quarter inch, or maybe you've got uh, one of their uh, lawn, uh, cl- uh, bush clipper type things that uses that same battery and, uh, there's just a whole uh, cornucopia of things that DeWalt sells, power tools, electric power tools that they sell. And you can use that battery on all of them. Well, you're less likely to go maybe with a Milwaukee because it's a different battery pack. Uh, right. And, and you, you, maybe you really like the, the, the Milwaukee, but it's just not worth it having multiple chargers and multiple battery packs. So uh, I guess it was a, a couple of Christmases ago, my, uh, my wife didn't like using, and this is really strange to me, she didn't like using my DeWalt uh, electric-powered, uh, battery-powered drill. Um, something about it being too dirty and greasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yours, not hers. And uh, yeah, but we got one, you know, use it. She wanted her own uh, drill. So I, I went and got her a, a very, this really a top-of-the-line DeWalt a uh, 20 volt uh, battery powered drill. And because of that, uh, it made it easy for me to decide to get this uh, DeWalt 20 volt max XR half inch high torque impact wrench. It's specifically the DCF uh, 899B uh, and uh, I can use the battery pack. And I thought I thought that that drill that I got her came with two battery packs, but it didn't, it's just one battery pack. And, and I'll tell you, you, you do not want to try working on stuff uh, with one battery pack, you you need a backup, at least one other battery backup. And uh, unfortunately, the drill that I have, the DeWalt drill, it uses the older style. It kind of looks like a, a gun magazine where you, you, you and it's cool and kind of cool too. When you install it, you have to slap it like a magazine, you know, or you just, it, <laughs> it, if you've done any gun stuff, you know that you just have to slap oh, yeah. it to make sure it's in there. And uh, so uh, I ordered the, that uh, that DeWalt uh, high torque uh, impact wrench, which I'm really excited about um, because I've been wanting to get something that's uh, uh, electric. Uh, it's just a lot more convenient. And the other cool thing is, is that if you're going off road, uh, you can take it with you. And now you got a way of uh, getting those lug nuts off of uh, your your wheel uh, very quickly uh, and, and easily and getting it oh, back with, on. Yeah, and with, with lithium ion. Uh, lithium ion, I think, in, in cordless tools is great. Not in vehicles, but again, that's just my opinion. Right. Uh, lithium ion and cordless tools are is 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 great. And like you said, having at least one backup uh, gets away from you know dragging the 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 hose around in your air tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. And and to have it off road or or off highway or just changing a tire because uh, you never know what what gorilla might have put your wheels on um, <laughs> and and how to how to get them off. Um, right. Because my uh, recently. Uh, got I also have a Grand Cherokee, a 2020 Grand Cherokee, and had new tires put on, and then was doing a tire change or tire rotation oil change a, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I had to hit it with I have a corded impact from Harbor Freight because uh, my air compressor uh, snapped the line, and um, I'm glad I had it because they put those things on with with Gorilla wrenches, and uh, uh, like you said, if you've got it off road, it could come in real handy having that uh, that cordless mm-hmm. cordless impact. Well, I work uh, smart, uh, not hard. <clears throat> so anyway, I uh, went to Amazon, found the uh, eight ninety nine uh, half inch impact uh, wrench, uh, and they had fourteen uh, percent off on it at the time, uh, a total of two twenty six ninety nine, which is a god awful lot of money. Um, but uh, that I was really happy that whenever I went to the checkout, that I got an additional fifty dollar discount 
from from Amazon. It wasn't like a oh. gift card or anything like that. I think uh, Matt on Discord uh, actually looked it up, and and uh, if you if you purchase uh, something uh, from uh, uh, from Dewalt uh, on Amazon that's uh, over two hundred dollars, they uh, they give you a fifty dollar discount. So that was that was great, and nice. I, I had no idea when I went to buy it. And uh, I went ahead and uh, uh, added a another uh, five amp hour uh, twenty volt battery, uh, so that now we have uh, we'll have two batteries uh, for both uh, the drill and uh, the half inch impact. And of course, that means that I'm going to uh, not, not anytime soon, but that means that I'll go with the three eighths inch Dewalt uh, battery powered uh, impact because I, I think it's important to have uh, something smaller. Maybe I'll go with a quarter inch. Uh, and just use a three-eighths inch adapter, but uh, in the in a pristine, perfect world, uh, I'd have uh, one of each. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm really looking forward to that, and uh, it will also be a motivation for me to get out there and paint those skids, which I'm not really looking forward to doing. Uh, and so I can uh, start slapping them on the uh, on the on the Gladiator, and of course I will start with uh, the belly pan, the main skid uh, first. Uh, all other skids attached to it. A uh, total of uh, uh, there's a total of four skids, but I'll have to add uh, put on three more after I get the belly skid on there. And uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun going out there and uh, uh, removing those uh, big bolts that holds the uh, the stuff on the factory stuff on, so I can get the the motorboat stuff on. And it should make it a lot easier installing it uh, since I won't have to uh, dick with the hose and getting the right angle on the uh, the half inch uh, tool, etc., etc. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and it was good to hear from Josh. Uh, Josh, I wish you'd come back to the show. I know you don't have a lot of time, but you could easily make up time by skipping one meal a day and use that time for good. No, don't sleep. And Larry, you asked, <laughs> what would you buy for $1,000? Uh, I would buy three more XJs. <laughs> well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that they are building a mirror factory in my neighborhood. Yeah, I can really see myself working there. That's almost 18% funnier. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later, and have a good one. Bye. 17.9. <laughs> All right, so in our next interview episode, we'll be featuring a special guest interview with Callie Pearson. Good Lord, I, I have such a hard time with that name. Is that Callie? That's Callie, isn't it? Look at your show notes, damn it. Yes, You're supposed to be following yes. along. Yeah, this is Ka- Ka- Callie or Kelly? Ka- I say Callie. Uh, yeah, I always want to say Kaylee, and it's not, and she corrected me on it, and I forgot. I'm sorry, Callie. Uh, anyway, we had a great conversation about Midland uh, Radios, and of course, you can look up more information about Midland Radios at MidlandUSA.com. Uh, catch that interview episode, a new interview every Friday, uh, and that means this one will be tomorrow. All right, in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, and if you've been following along here at the show for a while, you know what I'm going to be talking about next. Uh, actually, I, I teased it at the beginning, so I know you know. Um, so uh, I want to tell you that you sh- I think you should get the DeWalt 20-volt Max XR half-inch high-torque impact wrench uh, in the cordless detent anvil. I don't know what that is. I think that has something to do with the, the thing that it hits on, the hammering action. 
Uh, It's the tool only, and I explained why I was getting the tool only. They make great kits that you can buy with batteries and chargers and all that stuff. And I'm sure I'll be buying another charger and another battery down the road. Uh, But this is uh, the model DCF uh, Delta Charlie Frank 899B as in Bravo. Uh, The current price on Amazon is $226.99, but you might get an additional $50 off. So it's it's worth, I mean, you don't have to pay for it before you find out. It, it tells you when you're checking out. So this is a half-inch cordless impact wrench. It has uh, up to 700 foot-pounds foot of max torque and 1,200 foot-pounds of max breakaway torque. Man, that just sounds really exciting. <laughs> how, how many Bawada Paps is that? Bawada Paps, that? I like that. Yeah, or Uggadugas. I mean, that's a Ugga bunch Duggas, of Ugga Bawada Paps, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's multi-speed control of the battery-powered impact wrench is made for a variety of applications, uh, 0 to 400. These are the speeds, 0 to 400, uh, 1,200, and 1,900 RPM. I saw a video where the guy was breaking some old rusty lug nuts off, and it would not break them loose at the uh, the low or medium, but it came off like butter whenever he hit the 1900 one, the high, the high setting. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I just, I love tools. I mean, I don't know how you are about that, Chris, but tools are just, uh, they're easy to fall in love with because they can make your work a lot easier. Yeah. I and mean, it's just fun to collect. Even if you, you buy something, you use it only once. It's just, it's just fun to have and, and, you know, lie to yourself and say you'll use it 10 times more. <laughs> you never will, but they're just fun to have. Well, you know, I remember a good friend of mine, uh, Matt, uh, he actually, I don't know if you if you met Matt, he uh, he actually went out there uh, under Jeep Talk Show to SEMA, he, he and his son, one of his sons. And uh, Matt, uh, I was at Matt's uh, shop and it, he didn't, it was just a, a place he played around with. And, and I guess he, he worked at that shop. He would get vehicles for free or next to nothing. He would fix them and then drive them for a little bit, then turn, in, turn around and sell them. He just enjoyed working on vehicles. Uh, anyway, I was there one day and uh, I, I can't remember, I think we were doing something to the XJ, maybe not. Uh, I may have just been visiting. And he had one of these things. It was like a, a big uh, uh, electric screwdriver except it was bigger and it made the the impact noise and it was a it was an electric impact now this was going to be i'd say around 2010 2011 and i said what is that he goes it's a half inch impact i said battery power he goes yeah i said wow that's really neat and uh, i said how long have you had that he goes it's not mine it's a, a friend of mine uh, i said how much do those things cost he goes this one was about 750 dollars wow because I don't know if wow. you if you remember or not when they when they first came out and uh, really I'm sure to a, a time afterwards they were very very expensive. So I'm complaining about two twenty two twenty six for this thing, and I guarantee you this thing would kick that other one's ass because because oh, yeah. it's a lot newer and fancier in its design, and it's uh, a third the cost uh, or or, or um, even uh, even less than that. I mean, uh, so it, it's a, I think it's a great value, especially these days when inflation is so high that it's just great to be able to get a tool like that. And uh, you, you know, I think you just have to look at it that way. What's the what's the, the advantage uh, to having it? Uh, and also, too, I think it's really cool, neither here nor there for this tool, but I think it's really cool when you see somebody using either a, a, a drill or uh, an impact wrench, like anything that has a trigger on it and how they have the, the trigger control. They don't put their finger on the trigger and if if you've ever had uh, what do you call those things that uh, uh, that allow you to uh, uh, get in at an angle where they uh, that some people call them wobbly bits although I think wobbly bits are a little different the uh, um, 
Uh, Universal. Uh, or, it's kind of uh, like that. I forget yeah, what they're called. Universal but, Joint. Yeah. I, I think it was a U, U Joint. Yeah, it's kind of like that, but I forget what they're called. But anyways, people are screaming at the at the show right now telling me what it is. Can't hear you. Speak up. But anyway, <laughs> if you if you you'll learn very quickly if you've got one of those on the on the the, the half inch wrench or anything that's uh, powered. And, and you uh, press that trigger because you've got your finger, your st- stinking booger hook on the trigger while you're moving it around. That thing will sling off of there and hit you so damn hard. You'll learn trigger control where you just put your finger to the side of the trigger until you're ready to pull that trigger and, and uh, shoot the bad guy. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, even if, uh, speaking of just having a tool, what I saw recently on Instagram was somebody took a half inch uh, impact wrench like, like you've talked about here. And put a, uh, we call it pop in the Midwest, you probably call it soda uh, down south, but a, a soda bottle, pop bottle, uh, looked like Sprite, about half full. And he jammed the, the top of it in upside down into the socket and turned it on and made a tornado in the bottle. It was just, just looked <laughs> cool. I mean, it's just entertainment. You could just do that with it. Yeah, everything's all fun and games until you get glass in your vagina. Um, (laughs) so, but yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a great thing to have. You never know when you're going to need the tool. And uh, I mentioned this on a, uh, I think on uh, the, the Tuesday flagship episode, um, I actually had to buy a 35 millimeter, 38 millimeter socket, half inch socket for the, the washing machine that I was working on. The, the nut that holds the tub in was a 38 millimeter and they recommended using one of these uh, electric battery-powered uh, half-inch impact wrench, wrenches to, to get that off. Uh, I didn't want to order that simply to try to fix a washing machine, even though I wanted, I've been wanting one of these things. So, you know what I did? I tried taking it off with, without an impact tool. Couldn't do it. So, I got the impact tool, the broken one, and then I had to get it on the nut and then hook up the air source. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to call the wife for some help? Okay, now go. <laughs> no, I mean, there's not enough room because it's actually inside the tub. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that on there, uh, took the nut right off, and uh, then I, did what, I just put it back on uh, with uh, a, 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 not a breaker bar, but it's a, a ratchet, but it's real long. It's a big, huge mm-hmm. half-inch thing. I was actually able to angle it. So uh, anyway... Yeah, I was able to work through it, but boy, if I'd had this tool, it would have been really easy on and, and really easy off. So it's always a little sad when we hit the end of the trail, but there's always another trail ride just down the road. Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week, Tuesday through Friday. Subscribe and never miss an episode. You know, we have a Jeep Talk Show app that you can use, and uh, when I say subscribe, you can actually go in there and tell it. Download the three, six, the 600 uh, latest episodes, and you won't even need internet access. Uh, once you've downloaded it to, to your phone, it's always going to be available uh, to you just by simply uh, going into the Jeep Talk Show app and pressing play. Available for iPhone and Android. Hey, speaking of subscribing, consider keeping the Jeep Talk Show on the air by subscribing to the show via Patreon. Uh, the place to go for all the information on how to subscribe and to contact us is at jeeptalkshow.com slash content. Uh, I'm sorry, contact. So, uh, Chris, I just I was thinking ahead, and that's why I screwed up. Uh, I just want to thank you for making yourself available here tonight and guest hosting on the show. And uh, actually, uh, well, uh, first off, I'll ask your opinion. What do you think? You've, I'm sure you've heard a few of our episodes with our guest hosts. What do you think about the, uh, the new thing we're doing here at the Jeep Talk Show with uh, our flagship episode, our Thursday flagship episode, uh, having guest hosts? 
I like it. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks again for the opportunity. I, I like it. Just changing it up a bit, get some different perspective from uh, from some of the other team members, some of our listeners, and uh, just just changes it up a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, Larry's gotten so mouthy, uh, so it's it's <laughs> nice to <laughs> it's nice, nice to have some nice, calm, uh, cool, collected uh, content here. You, you know, you should see if Larry could get Duke to sit in for him. You know, sit in. I think that would be good for all the dog lovers of the show. I mean, it, it'd be a little different. Yeah, I'll have Duke do well, some calls. Well, with, with the video capability, it'd be it'd be great for the YouTubers. <laughs> they could see they could see Duke getting bored and then uh, just leaving. <laughs> Duke, come back! I'm sorry. <laughs> Broadcasting since 2010. So, Chris, are you familiar with Mexican food? Ah, uh, very. <laughs> I got to say, it's probably one of my, my favorite foods is, is Mexican food. And uh, my wife is originally from Mexico. We've been married for 31 years. And one of the first things I, I learned from her was uh, the Mexican food we have here in Texas really isn't Mexican food. It's called Tex-Mex because uh, Mexican food doesn't have a lot of cheese. I've heard that. I've heard it's not the same in, in Mexico. I've, I've heard that same, same here in the, uh, the, the Midwest. It's, uh-huh. it's a little different. Uh, and uh, one of the things she introduced me to was chorizo. Mm-hmm. Do you know what chorizo is? It's a sausage, uh, sausage mix, something kind of a spicy sausage type okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, have you ever had it? A chorizo and uh, breakfast burrito or something. I think is is what, uh, what, what what's what, coming to mind. Yeah. What did you think? Was it something that was like mm, this is really good, or like oh, okay, that's fine. I don't need to do that again. <laughs> No, it's really good. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's meat. It's, it's sausage. It's breakfast taco, right? Yeah, and it's spicy. So mm-hmm. we, uh, my daughter uh, called my wife, my oldest daughter called my wife on her way home today and uh, said that uh, she was uh, she wanted to have some chorizo. Is the, she was going by at the store, and she wanted to make sure the chorizo that she had purchased a while back was still good, and it, it is until the, mid, 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 uh, the middle part of the month. And uh, so uh, my wife went ahead and fixed uh, chorizo and cheese, so basically a string cheese, mixed in with the chorizo and then she removes about 50 percent of the flavor by getting all the oil uh off the top ah. <laughs> but, but you can't stop yeah you can't tell her you know she's gonna do no. it anyway you know it's the health and all that or it's that crap uh so i had uh, chorizo and cheese uh tacos uh, for dinner tonight, and I absolutely love chorizo and cheese. Uh, my wife and my daughter, but uh, both daughters actually, I think they like it with eggs, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like scrambled eggs and chorizo, yeah, mixed yeah. mixed mixed together. And is that, uh, that, is that, that actually, like uh, huevos rancheros, or am I thinking of something else? That's, I think that's something else, but I'm okay, no okay. I'm no expert. After 31 years, I should be, but I'm no expert. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but I had that, and oh, it was just so good with the flour tortillas, uh, just a, a big clump of this uh, greasy, meaty, cheesy mess. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I actually kept it off my shirt this time, so I was thinking ahead. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you if you guys don't know what chorizo is. Uh, and uh, especially if you're uh, in the northeast or probably uh, close up to the closer to the Canadian border, you may not know what it is. Uh, try it. I think the the brand that we use is Garcia, uh, mm-hmm. and you may or may not be able to find it. I don't know. I just know about uh, Southeast Texas, and it is very good. And uh, Chris, you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. 